0: All right, it is Friday, August 19th. This is uh Chris's comments cruising with Chris edition. That's right, cruising with Chris. We're not talking so much about cars as we're talking about um what I do for a living, it's ride share, and um, this episode has something to do with it. This particular uh report comes out of Fortune. Or, yeah, Fortune.com. The title, I've been a full-time Lyft driver since 2017. Here's how flexible flexibility and choice just don't apply to underpaid gig workers that requires 50 hours a week. Now, I know I stumbled. It is a long-ass title. I'm not going to be reading it again because... Unfortunately, this 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 guy's complaining and bitching. His name is Mike Robinson. He's a California-based rideshare driver and a member of Mobile Workers Alliance, which is a clear red sign, red flag. Um, he he's going to be repeating a lot of the stuff over and over and over in his article. What this segment is doing is removing a lot of the repetition and going straight to uh, the 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 main. Topics all over again, uh, not all over again, but each individual through each individual aspect. Okay, here we go. And oh, by the way, because this article is so long, uh, I'm going to be stopping sometimes to be throwing my comment in there so that way we can keep the thing moving. Uh, and I do apologize for that. Uh, but technically, if you want to read it, uh, it's on Fortune. .com. It's also on Yahoo yahoofinance.yahoo.com. Uh, I've been a full-time Lyft driver since 2017. Here's how flexibility and choice just don't apply to unpaid gig work that requires 50 hours a week. That's the title, okay? Um, and again, it's by a guy named Mike Robinson. He's a member of an organization who has, happens to be a rideshare driver. All right. Congress recently introduced a Worker Flexibility and Choice Act, WFCA, which would do quite the opposite of what its name suggests. This is the very beginning. Here we go. It would make it so gig workers like me, this is all his opinion, Mike Robinson, gig workers like me are not protected by federal minimum wage laws and other protections. And it would block states from introducing their own regulations to maintain decent standards. Okay, I'm stopping right there. The key words, federal minimum wage laws. Okay, again, like the way I said with Cruising with Chris on the last one, no to minimum wage. I've been there. I've had these jobs before and I will not go back to them. Even if I have to spit on this guy, Mike Robinson, a rideshare driver and a member of the Mobile Workers Alliance, okay? Uh, I brought this same thing back up uh, when uh, Governor Gavin Newsom ordered uh, trucking companies to, uh, to label the uh, contract truck drivers as employees, despite the fact that I am not a truck driver. I can say. However, I am an app. I am a gig worker, and I prefer to be a contractor um, because if there's anybody that's ever been on minimum wage like myself, I've been through. I've bounced around from job to job before. Hourly wage, minimum wage, and other quote unquote protections—they're um, not worth it. They're not worth it, especially to somebody like me. That enjoys not only enjoys but makes good use of flexibility and choice. There's a lot of um, there's a lot of uh, rides that I will not uh, uh, choose just simply because of uh, spending and profits. And I'm going to be talking about that later. But just to understand that it's about spendings and profits um, plus gig work like this ride share has we workers the choice as to whether or not we want the previous rider back into our four-wheeled property all over again. In other words, they get to one-star us, we get to one-star them, okay? When a driver one-stars a passenger, it's because that passenger was doing something borderline illegal, harassment, discriminative comments, sexual comments, um uh horrible attitude um non cooperative with uh, confirmations to destinations and and you know trying to be a good worker trying to be a helpful guy I'll sometimes ask the the GPS has me going this way would it be a, would you mind if I took it another way where I know there's less lights and less stop signs uh, to interfere, and it's a whole lot more straight path than I can get you there at a more convenient time. Sometimes I can't get any of that out. I'll get interrupted. I'll have uh, I'll have people just panicking and saying no, no, the GPS is fine. And then you get others that say well, I don't, I don't, you know, I don't care, I don't care, I don't care, I don't care, I don't care. You know, um, and these are all very inappropriate. These are all in a very not so much inappropriate. But just unwanted behavior coming out of them, uh, and and um, you're not going to be able to have the choice of one-starring that douchebag. Should you have to? Uh, should the company have to abide by federal wage laws and other protections? McDonald's or fast food, rather, not just so much McDonald's, but fast food in general, is proof of this. People have the right to bitch and complain and yell at that cashier girl or, or guy. You know, people will exercise their right to curse out the person at the drive-through window. People will have their right to uh, to ha- demand the to be listened to by the manager. Fast food is a prime example of a minimum-wage uh, good uh, minimum-wage occupation that has these laws and quote other protections, uh, which has the employee having to tolerate this kind of garbage, something that somebody like myself just will not do. I've turned around and dropped them back off at their destinations when they've copped crap like that at me. Um, I've had to threaten uh, to, to physically remove them from my four wheel property when they wanted to get freaky in the back seat of my car, uh, and it's not so much the couple. I mean, it's it doesn't matter what if it's a couple, a straight couple, or a gay couple. Anybody that wants to do something like that, or do drugs in my car, or uh, um, want me to use want to use me to help scope out prostitutes and stuff, no, it, it, it's an absolute no. And and I you know, technically a, a fast food place shouldn't tolerate any of that stuff either. But you'd be surprised. This shows there's panhandlers and such, you know, guys hanging around uh, 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 waiting for drop-off pickup, whatever, in the parking lots or just sitting in their own cafes. You know, act- activity can go on and until you actually bust them for whatever and have proof of them doing something like that on your grounds, you really can't tell them nothing. In a four-wheel, pro- on my four-wheel property, I can and I do. Uh, so no minimum wage uh, gig. Back to the article, it would make it so gig workers like me, again, Mike Robinson is the me, uh, are not protected by federal minimum wage laws and other protections. Okay, again, you're not really protected, and b- until you can actually provide some kind of physical evidence, as opposed as opposed to. Uh here in your own four-wheel property, you are okay. At based companies spend millions to convince lawmakers and the public that they should be exempt from worker protection laws that apply to all other employees, employers. I'm sorry. This is true. At-based companies will, you know, talk to lawmakers and they'll convince them. To exempt them from the same minimum wage laws and other protections that apply to all other employers, and that's that's only stands within reason. Nobody in Uber is here in San Antonio, where this show is being broadcasted. I have to be responsible and look out for my own self, in a, in a manner of speaking, uh, instead of relying on the immediate super, so to say, who's in or, or who's in charge of the of everything. Just underneath the manager, who's in charge of everything, just underneath the general manager, if not business owner, uh, this is not that ty- type of business. So yeah, I mean, the the app based companies will be talking to lawmakers, telling them that they should be exempt from these worker protection laws, so to say, um, because that's that's you know, that's their job. That's them doing things on their end while we take care of business on our end. Excuse me, the slushing that you're hearing is water that I'm drinking to keep my mouth moist. It's just hot down here in Texas. It's 7 o'clock in the morning and it's already 81. (laughs) Here we go. Uh, Working through lobbying groups such as FLEX and the Coalition of Workforce Innovation, CWI, The very group behind WFCA, what I mentioned earlier, Worker Flexibility and Choice Act, they pitch to policymakers the false premise that drivers like me can't have employee rights and benefits. That there is a very strong claim, and I'm not really sure he should go that far unless he has physical evidence. Uh, but even if he does, it's still just a repeat of what was stated earlier about them being exempt from worker protection laws that apply to all other employers. Okay, so even if even if they say it, um, you know that they're pitching false premises to the policymakers and all that stuff, they might have a point. But that's a very strong claim, and and even still can't uh, is more than likely out of possibilities as opposed to uh as opposed to restrictions moving on they say that i again mike robinson am an independent contractor even as key aspects of my job like who i pick up where i take them and how much money i make are set by lyft in his case lyft but that's that's universal rideshare, okay. An independent contractor is what I am. Me, the Chris of Chris's comments. Uh, even as key aspects of my job, like who I pick up, where I take them, and how much money I make, are set. Okay. Technically, it's it's not really set because we again we have the choice to accept or decline a rideshare. And again, it mostly has something to do with. Uh, spendings and profits you know uh one prime example is in north san antonio in an area called stone oak it's where all the rich people live well not all the rich people well rich people yes millionaires and billionaires no though they live over in the dominion you know and those are the spurs players the people that own um whataburger you know (laughs) the people that own a franchise or something the millionaires and stuff, the, 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 the business executives and all them, they're the ones that live in the dominion. The rich and well-to-do, the upper middle class, live in Stone Oak, okay? They're the ones with the 300000 to 500000 half a million houses, half a million dollar houses, while the, the millionaires are in the mansions, the, the two, three uh, two to three to $10 million uh, mansions. Okay, that's in the Dominion. In Stone Oak, um, where it's mostly gated communities, 300 to five, half a million dollar houses, you know I will go I might get a request from that location and I'll look at it and me knowing the terrain, I'll be able to see because it's also hill country that I'll have to be going over two hills, taking up about 27 minutes just to pick up the person and go around one extra hill uh with a payout of four minutes you know because it's just a little drive around one hill you know it's not going through or over it's going around and it's like a quarter of the way down a quarter of the ways around that hill that third hill and uh and in you know it's 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 a lot of wasted time. If time is money, it's a lot of wasted time. Ergo, it's a lot of wasted profit. I have the choice to see where that request is, the distance that it goes, and I have the choice to accept or decline. And I usually decline because it's just a loss of money to go that far to pick up a person to take around the block, so to say. So as far as this, where he says, who I pick up, where I take them, and how much money I make are set by his his word is lift, but I'm gonna say rideshare company in general. Okay, are set by that rideshare company. Those key words is what caught my attention. That is a false claim. Okay, it's not set in stone. It's only set if you hit the accept button. Okay, if you tap the accept button. Then, yeah, that it's set. That's the order. That's the order. You know, when you go to a restaurant, a waitress uh, has, you know, the number of plates uh, at, at such and such table, and she's earning... She's supposed to earn X amount of tip money, uh, which in some restaurants are set. The tip is included. Okay, in others it's not, and and that person could actually get less or more, but that's the exception. That's the order. That's the order that's being done on that table. That she accept. That technically she doesn't really have to accept. You know, if she doesn't want to, but usually does because of the fact that she needs the money. Here at rideshare, you don't really have to accept that. Because you don't have a table, you don't have a destination, you don't, you don't, not a destination, but you don't have a piece of territory that you're restricted to as a rideshare driver. A piece of territory being that metaphoric table. Okay? The, uh, the, the, that is not set. What is set is the order that you accept should you accept it. Uh, Moving on. Lawmakers shouldn't roll back workers' rights in the name of flexibility. Instead, they should ensure basic workplace rights and standards e- equally, equally to workers across the board. The key word being workplace, okay? Workplace rights is an incredibly different story compared to mobile rights, okay? Oh, my oh mobile working uh, place. Um, yes, this is my four-wheel property. And I can call it that, you know, and I have every right not to tolerate sexism, racism, and all this good stuff in my own four wheeled property. Okay. Um, so as far as, uh, they need to ensure, uh, the workplace rights equally to employers across the board, he's got a point, he's got a point, but the stuff that we go through, Even if it's the same thing in in workplace, harassment is harassment. Bad comments are bad comments. Discriminative comments are still discriminative comments. You know, we have the right to throw them out of our four-wheel vehicle. You can't do that in a place of business that has a foundation in in a building. You have to go through a chain of command. You have to report it. You have to expect them to deal with it when they've got the time for it and such and such. And that's not that's not the case concerning a mobile worker, a gig worker in, in a, in a, uh, a moving vehicle. I've pulled over and told people to get out of my, uh, out of my vehicle, you know, who, who tried to get, uh, 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 testy with me. Uh, and, and it it was my right. You know, I reported it. I didn't just drive off and, you know, snap my fingers or dust my shoulders off. You know, I made the report the way I, the way a good worker is supposed to, but instead of waiting for the call from headquarters all the way from California here to Texas, you know, okay, ask him to leave, I did that part first, and then I reported and told him, this is what's up, and I requested that those people never be put into my car ever again. Now... It's never itched in stone. However, the computer program does try to avoid sending that very same requester to my vehicle. Okay? And uh, and sometimes for the most part, it works. Occasionally, they'll jump on a friend or girlfriend or boyfriend's name uh, account. And they'll wind up back in my ride again. In which case, I'll just report them again. And it's usually after I've dropped them off... Uh, uh, to their destination, when I finally recognized who the heck they were, you know, so they got away uh, with using my vehicle a second time, but without the attitude or whatever. I still, nevertheless, report it. Okay, I report it. These were the same people that tried getting me in trouble, that tried getting me fired, x amount of uh, uh, time back. And and tried you know uh, to call me this bad worker or whatever that I had to throw out of my vehicle. These are the same people. They're just under a different. They're just under a different name, you know, a different account. And and the uh, the the company actually works with me on it. So, as far as basic workplace rights and standards equal to employers across the board, that they should ensure it. You know, they're doing what they can from from out of state through an app that they're not around. They're trust. They're taking my word for it, and and they're going along with it in order to move on and making sure that I never get uh, have to get into a confrontational problem with people that test me and 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 test their waters uh, on on getting in my ride ever again. You know, and and it ranges. Some people won't put the seatbelt on. Some people want to bring food and wine and spill and eat with their mouth open and all stuff. So, you know, food is falling out of their mouths. You know, uh, others will come in without container lids. Um, And then you get those that want to vape in here. They want to light up. They want to blaze. They want to snort shit. You know, they want to snort some stuff. And, it, and it, the, the, the ranges just go on. I once had two dudes want me to drive them up and down a neighborhood block to scope for whores, to scope for hookers, you know. You can't expect the rideshare headquarters that's in another state or even a different city. so Let's say they're in the same state or even in the same city just in, at different times. This happened late at night, one night. You can't expect them to be there like the way a manager would be in a place of business. Basic workplace rights and standards. They shouldn't share it. They're doing what they can. The rest is on us. Moving on, because I am really taking up a lot of time here. Many gig workers work full-time For the apps and rely on these jobs As the primary source of income Guilty as charged We should be entitled to Livable and predictable wages Livable Is work based Possibilities Okay Predictable Predictability will always be possible Over probable Okay You can predict What the wages will be based off of how well you know your city lives and breathes. And you can do that, you know, that's the work-based possibility that I'm talking about that makes this job providing a livable income. Carrying on, we should be also to have benefits such as health care and accidental insurance, workers' compensation, and unemployment insurance to help get us through hard times. Somebody hit my fender uh, The uh, the 31st of July it's August 19th right now, but somebody hit my fender uh, the 31st of July and the insurance company and the police report uh, We all made contact with uber uber has made contact with them Uh, so as far as um, accidental insurance uh, Or assurance I think is what he's saying Okay that only complies as to whether or not you comply with the law and your insurance and have all three aspects uh, work together in resolving this stuff peacefully. Okay, healthcare. Places like here in Texas where it's a, it's a, a right to work state, the most companies can or will do is direct you to a health place that will work with you being a rideshare driver so and that and I'm pretty sure that is nationwide I don't understand how how Uber is supposed to provide your health insurance the way say uh, a manufacturing assembly company or a construction company should you know and, and I get what he's saying I mean garbage collectors have great health care you know but we're not a garbage collection company. We're just a rideshare company. It's different. It's an app, it's a gig business. Um and technically I go through I don't even go through a healthcare plan. I go through the communities. Um, I go through the communities emergency care or, or, or care and all this good stuff. Um, but but I and I and I prefer that because it's my choice. Should I want a health care uh, plan? I'm going to, but I'm going to choose my own health care plan. You know, be it Humana or any other company. Humana looks like it's fair enough, you know. Um, or if it's through community, there's a, a community health care program, which, you know, I'm more accustomed to anyway, having doing it, you know, since as far back as my early 20s. We just go in for whatever you're sick from, you get your bill and you make the payments in accordance to however much money you got at the time. They say it can be as little as twenty bucks. It can be as you know, as much as paying it in full one day or paying off the rest of it another day, you know. As long as you're making the payments, you're good. That's community health care as well. And and to have to go through it through a business yeah, it helps and everything, but it's all assigned uh, hospitals and and off of a certain list of uh, doctors. And then to top it all off, um, you're constantly paying payments uh, for times that you're not even sick as opposed to uh, the community where you're making payments after you've already been healed from your sickness. And that's, that's a huge difference. That's a huge difference, and that's coming from me, the rideshare worker. Um, so yeah, it's uh, you know many workers are full time for the app and rely on the jobs as a primary source of income. That's me. We should be entitled to livable wages. Livable again is work-based possibilities. One of those things is knowing how your city lives and breathes, which I'll get to in a little bit. Predictable wages. Predictable wages is always going to be possible over probable okay probable it's pos- it's possible that this is friday that i'm going to be very busy taking everybody to the barbecues and the club and the events but it, it, it it's when it, it's a probable fail is whether or not they want to use rideshare to do that Some guys are going, some people are going to load up the cooler with all the beer and drive it themselves to the barbecue. You know, some people uh, are going to have their own volunteer designated driver and they're going to go to the the event or the ball game themselves, you know, or they've got, they've already got plans to go to a club or a bar after the game, you know, so they're going to be in their own ride. And and the and, and then you got like plays in the downtown area, where people who are going to see this this great uh, attraction. Be it you know Hamilton or you know Cats, people still flock to Cats, uh, but they go to the closest hotels and they use the valets uh, to to have them park their cars and then just walk to and from the theater, you know, you know. So possibilities and probabilities is what makes predictable wages, um, and there's really no way to certify that. That's just as strange as um, uh, the 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 set by the uh, the the request set by the rideshare company. You can't make them set as sure as you don't know what kind of request is coming up next. So moving on, Whew, I am wasting. I am using up a lot of time. I do apologize. So why aren't they responsible? Uh, why aren't they responsible as employers? Because according to the gig companies, their drivers get to choose uh, when they work. Uh, there must be a trade-off between flexibility on one hand and. Uh, Employer responsibility and employment-based rights and protections, on the other hand. Okay, that's debatable. I won't lie. Even still, we lose the right to self-responsibility. Okay? Uh, Employer responsibility, employment-based rights and stuff, that's somebody that has... That requires somebody having to look over our shoulders instead of letting us do our jobs accordingly And the best way that we can and the most comfortable way that we can and all this other stuff. Uh, So in their eyes, that's the trade-off, the the flexibility between flexibility on one hand and the employer responsibility on the other. Continuing, but this trade-off is a lie. Many employees are including, I bet, many, those are his words, uh, many employees including, I bet, many high-level executives of uber and lyft get to work a schedule that fits their needs while also enjoying the rights and protections that come with being an employee including the right to a safe healthy and discrimination-free workplace and benefits like paid leave health insurance and retirement savings okay this entire paragraph is irrelevant uh, because of the keywords, discriminative free workplace. Okay. Again, th- we deal with our property. We are not on Uber or Lyft's property. We are in our property. We are responsible for safe, healthy, and discrimination free workplace. Uh, as far as the benefits like paid leave, health insurance, and retirement savings, okay, paid leave. I think would be cool uh, it'd be nice to work up a, a decent record and have the opportunity for paid leave um, which I really wouldn't mind I have been working um, for uber for five years myself I also started in 2017 and the only actual vacation time that I had gotten was uh, during the pandemic when we were all on lockdown and, and, and Shutdown. Uh, I went out a couple of times fishing, uh, and and uh, I the rest of the time I stayed home and slept, and I loved it. I loved every moment. It was like the best vacay ever, uh, despite the fact that it wasn't a vacation. It sure it certainly wasn't paid leave. Health insurance, as I already described, I already have my own methods of dealing with my sickness. Retirement savings, technically, that's my responsibility. As it should be this Mike Robinson's guy. Um, I understand the retirement savings. Through the aspect of uh, retirement. In the form of uh, businesses and stuff like that. It would be nice also. But seeing as how we're contract workers. It just means that it's our responsibility. And I, 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 I don't know. That, that sounds nice. As much as nice as it sounds. As paid leave sounds. You know. Uh, I guess those would be two requests to bargain for, argue about, Uh, but as far as everything else goes, well, I bet the high-level executives, the key words being, I bet, uh, the high-level executives are are getting, enjoying the rights and protections and the benefits, Uh, you know, that whole paragraph is just dumb, okay, Uh, that whole paragraph is just stupid. Because those high executives and the employees uh, that are are doing this uh, are responsible for their own stuff. Now, don't get me wrong. Retirement savings and paid leave. If they're getting that through the company just because they're working in a corporate office while we the contractors are not. Okay. There's a leg to stand on. There's something to complain and bitch about. Okay. Otherwise... Otherwise, if you keep including this discrimination, workplace, and, and safe and healthy, and uh, and all this other crap, this whole I bet they do it, but we do, but we don't get to, and da da da. Despite the fact that we're contractors, you know, you know, you you really don't have much of a leg to stand on because it sounds like you're just crying and bitching and complaining, as opposed to reasonably working, negotiating, and debating and all this stuff and petitioning. You know, uh, doing things the right way and everything. You know, uh, you know they they keep throwing. You keep throwing this this guy Mike Robinson keeps throwing this thing, discrimination-free workplace and all this other crap. That's all our responsibility, and he just seems to just chop his own leg off as he as he keeps bringing it up, carrying on further. Although we face health and safety risks, app drivers don't have. Uh, Paid sick leave, workers' compensation, etc., etc., all this stuff all over again. Drivers end up relying on GoFundMe campaigns to pay for hospital bills and car repairs. Families of killed drivers have done the same for funeral expenses. Truth. That's all true. Now, I've never used the GoFundMe for car repairs. uh, And my hospital bills are manageable. My hospital bills are anyway Uh, But relying on GoFundMe campaigns Is not just a driver's thing That's a lot of people out there It's fast food workers It's uh, uh, clerical people Business administrators uh, um, uh, Managers uh, Supervisors Workers, grunt workers, janitors And all this stuff Everybody uses GoFundMe for some reason or another and it usually is for something like this, for uh, for hospital bills, and, and it's and that's a very good cause. There's you know there's some truth to that, but it's not just drivers, and to think that drivers uh, like it's it, I don't know where he's going with this, but it sounds like it sounds like we're in the same rut, like or or it sounds like we've got it so bad and that this is horrible and all this stuff, you know. I don't know if he's trying to draw sympathy or, uh, you know, but it it sounds like he's also spitting on everybody else that uses GoFundMe. GoFundMe is a very helpful thing. I ain't going to lie about that. That's a wonderful thing. Everybody should be entitled to use it. But to say it's a disgrace, you know, for whatever reason, in this case, because, uh, uh, because they happen to be... Rideshare drivers You know That's just That's just wrong This guy I mean I understand Where he's coming from But he's still in the wrong In doing that A, A rich guy Should be able to use A GoFundMe page No differently Than a poor one Regardless as to Whether or not He is a driver In a gig app In a gig work okay plain and simple a GoFundMe thing is not a bad thing I understand how he says it has to be used but it's it's still a helpful thing that's irrelevant Um, it's just a nice thing to to know that it's being used for something beneficial and, and like a cause but it doesn't have to be a cause. It could just be a helping hand. Something that is helpful. Okay, moving on. Okay, this next segment is all his personal experiences that he's talked about. I chopped up the the, the uh, article uh, because it's all jumbled up with a fact. And then his emotional feelings, his crying and his complaining. Another fact And his emotional feelings, crying and complaining and blah, 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 okay? And you're going to hear, know how your city lives and breathes quite a bit in this segment. Uh, Because this is something involving advice that I actually give as a rideshare driver, okay? Especially to all the newcomers that don't know what to do. And, and, And it's a shame on him, shame on Mike Robinson for bringing a lot of this stuff up, you know, when one... Some of these things were past incidences, okay? Uh, and, uh, and, and another, he should, if he's been driving since 2017, like the way I have, he should already know how his city lives and breathes to where he can make a livable and predictable wage, okay? Now, I told it was all uncertain. I said it's all shaky ground. That part is true. But as a person that knows this, I also know how to make a livable wage. Because I also am one of those that are full timers that have this as the primary source of income. So with that being said, here we go. Flexibility. That's why I decided, this is again Mike Robinson, That's why I decided to start driving in the first place, the ability to work when and for how long I wanted. The reality of gig work is not so rosy. Flexibility and independence sound nice, but here's the truth. When you have to work over 50 hours a week to make ends meet, when you have to weigh every hour that you don't work against the lost income, When you are one accident or illness away from financial ruin, flexibility and independence mean nothing. Oh my God. Oh my God. All right. This is Chris's comments opinion right now in in response to this. Okay. When you have to work over 50 hours a week to make ends meet. Hey, sometimes it happens. Okay. It's not all the time. Especially when you know how your city lives and breathes, okay? Currently, while this inflation is going on and requests are far and few in between, just like there was two years ago when the, uh, when the pandemic first hit us, yeah. Yeah, you're doing f- over 50 hours a week, you know, without even thinking about it sometimes. It's just part of the ways that you got to make ends meet, but there's other times where business is going nice and steady and fl- easy flow, and you're doing nowhere near 50 hours a week. You know you're pulling up a bunch of uh, requests, and if you're not doing a bunch of requests, you're doing these long distance uh, drives. You know that compensate for that. You know it's all about how knowing your city lives and breathes, and and I'm gonna I'm gonna say that, but keeping this part in mind, okay get ready because this is, I'm going to say this real fast. Here we go. Here in the central time zone, San Antonio, Texas, in the central time zone, 5 a.m. to 9 a.m. is the rush hour, morning rush hour. You're taking everybody to work. 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. It's the lunch crowd, doctor's appointments, uh, other other job uh, start-offs, and just people that need to get from point A to point B for whatever reason, Okay. That's 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. 3 p.m., usually around when school ends. And if it's the summertime, uh, 3.30, because of the 7 to 3.30 crowd, uh, the first shift. Uh, 3 p.m. to 7 p.m. Again, this is in the central time zone. You're taking everybody home from work. It's the afternoon rush hour. You're taking everybody home from work. And you're taking everybody up till 7 p.m. you're taking everybody to uh, their restaurants as well the the dinner crowd to where they need to be 7 p.m. to about uh, well 7 p.m. into the evening hours is entirely different because of the simple fact that 7 is when the ball game will start 8 is when the uh, the the play or the musical remember Cats and Hamilton that's when they start. This is in the central time zone, okay? Uh, Nine o'clock is usually when the main uh, performer of a music concert will start. Nine o'clock is also when the ball game usually ends. In this case, here in San Antonio, it'd be when the San Antonio Spurs gets done playing a game, okay? By nine o'clock, from seven to nine. Nine o'clock, you're taking everybody home. Eight o'clock, uh, to ten o'clock is when that musical or play, like Hamilton or Cats, finishes. So ten o'clock, you're taking them home at night. Okay. Uh, Nine to 11, 11 o'clock is usually when the concert is finished and you're taking them home. Now, also eleven to about twelve thirty is when you're uh, taking people to the club or the nightclub or the or the bars or whatever, you know. And then about closing time, from uh, 1230 to closing time, it dies down a little bit, but you're taking people home from the clubs and nightclubs and all that stuff. Regardless, closing time to five o'clock in the morning, uh, you're taking people home from the nightclubs and the bars, and you're taking the the baker's food preppers uh, to their jobs, and you're taking the early a.m. flights to the airport. Okay, that's from closing time till about five in the morning. 5 a.m. to 9 a.m. is that morning rush hour that I was talking about when I first started saying this. This is what I'm talking about when I say, know how your city lives and breathes. You know how your city lives and breathes. You're going to make money. Plain and simple. So back to this guy who says, working 50 hours a week to make ends meet, flexibility, independence means nothing. Well, no, that's not true. That's not always true, I should say. There are times where you're doing 50 hours a week. I ain't gonna lie. But it's not all the time, especially when you know your city lives and breathes. Uh, When you are one accident or an illness away from financial ruin, this is also true, this can happen. 2019, December 2019, I got into an auto accident. Somebody hit t bone me with my previous vehicle, okay? Nobody was gonna be capable to work on my ride until the following year, late January of 2020, of uh, 20, okay? But it didn't matter because in, in, in the same month, December of 2019, I caught COVID for the very first time. It took me two and a half weeks to get out of it. I took every single medicine that I that I could get a hold of, including a crap load of antibiotics, um, even expired ones, and I did multiple combinations in accordance to how to take it, in accordance to whatever symptoms that I had to stay on top of it. Again, two and a half weeks. I finally felt better just before the new year. And again, I still had to wait until somebody could even look at my vehicle. Um, it wasn't until mid-February when I ran out of money and I couldn't pay the rent or bills anymore that I wound up getting evicted. I moved into a family's house renting a room for only $100 a week. Uh, and then about a month later, that's when the eviction ban took place, and I was I was really mad, but at the same time, I was so you know mind freaked that I had to laugh because of this COVID whatever. you know, I laughed it off. I can laugh it off to this day you know i got I got evicted just a couple of weeks before the eviction ban, you know <laughs> and all this stuff but I you know when i when I repaired the vehicle eventually doing a daytime hourly wage job. Uh, and using the paychecks to pay for the parts and all this stuff that I needed, I took what the whatever I had left over of it. I couldn't fix the transmission. I couldn't get out of first gear, uh, so I coasted all the way to the dealership with cars passing by. <laughs> got the heart rate going real big. I took uh, I took all the way to the dealership and asked for a trade-in, and that's why I got this new vehicle that I'm using right now. But yeah, I mean, he's got a point. Flexibility and and independence means nothing. That part is where he's wrong. When you're an accident or an illness away from financial ruin, that happens no matter where you're at, no matter what job you got, especially if you just don't have all that much money. When you have to weigh every hour that you don't work against the lost income, that's part of business. That's part of gaining and profits, which I'll probably be saying in the next segment because I'm running out of time. Um What you don't work against the lost income. Okay, that's also when you are trying to get work. Okay, what he's not telling you is the part where you're clocked off and you're unwinding after a day. And you want your sleep or you want to go to a rock concert or you want to go see that UFC fight or whatever. Okay, he's not including that. Uh, just FYI. Although I made a decent living as a driver initially, my pay per hour dropped by 25% around a year after I started. Okay, I got to remember that. I got to bring that up because when I first started in 2017, there were already people uh, complaining. They would would literally request a ride, they get in my vehicle, and on the way of taking them to their destination, they were telling me how much better it was before I came. Because they were paying more, um, there was uh, there was uh, there was uh, whether or not they could they had a choice as to whether or not they even wanted to accept the ride based off of how much they were going to get paid if they weren't doing long drives or big paying. Uh, uh, requests they would say no it's guys like me that first joined in and just started accepting every single ride that now has everybody thinking it's okay to make the most bullcrap requests and all this stuff and pay pennies for it and somebody like me is is grateful and will accept it regardless and all this stuff despite the fact that i don't have to and blah 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 and and the complaints just went on and on that said, that this guy was just very spoiled through uh, through this job before uh, that initial drop of pay, and he's got a small point. When I when I when I first started, I was getting paid seventy eight cents per uh, mile, and I think uh, fifty six cents per minute. Now, in twenty twenty two you know, uh, as of technically as of 2018, a year after I, I started also, yeah, it dropped down considerably to 60, uh, 60 something cents and then 35 cents, uh, 60 something cents per mile, 35 cents per minute. And then it dropped down to what it is now, 62 cents a mile, 12 cents per minute. Okay, that's what's going on currently and it sucks. I agree. But to to uh to say that uh you can't make a living still is is still debatable. You know, I remember the hate towards me. I remember the anger. I remember the upset from those that initially started and got paid 2 bucks a mile and a buck and a half a minute. I yeah, I remember they They made it very clear that I was to know uh, how much how much better it was before I came. The thing is, the difference is, is that when I came, I got paid and I saw what happened, and I still tried to make it work, regardless as to whether or not, uh, regardless as to how upsetting it was to see that pay drop. Uh, And now everything is sort of balanced out in this day and age even with the, 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 the pandemic and all this stuff, to where I'm still making a livable wage. It's difficult. It's challenging. It's not as easy as it was before, but nevertheless. Carrying on, and I've only got a couple of minutes. I'm going to try to get this one real fast. Okay. Lyft had inherently cut driver's rates, forcing me to work long hours to earn the same amount of money yeah that happens that's when i realized that gig work flexibility pushed me to work longer hours and during specific times during specific times is still is all a part of knowing how your city lives and breathes you're gonna go for this job regardless as to whether or not uh you're being pushed into working longer hours. Specific times goes hand in hand with knowing how your city lives and breathes. And I understand that that's a double-edged sword, but you gotta understand, when you're the one holding the sword handle, specific times is very important. Um, My pay continued to be unpredictable. As sure as the, okay, especially Became especially because I incur expenses like rising gas prices that I cannot pass on to Lyft or my passengers. Okay, first, knowing your city lives and breathes is part of making things predictable in an unpredictable business. Plus, never expect it to be predictable. You can never expect it to be predictable. Okay, never expect that to be predictable. The summertime is a prime example. Nobody Ubers, nobody loads up the cooler and Ubers to the lake, okay? Nobody loads up the cooler and the barbecue pit and Ubers to the beach. Plain and simple. You can't predict the the, uh, the rides, okay? You can't predict it. Especially because I incur expenses like rising gas prices Gas prices will always be on the rise. If this guy started in 2017 like I did, then he would remember the time, the very first month, which was June for me, uh, when those, when shipments, oh crap, I'm on my last five uh, minute. Okay, let me go ahead and continue on the next, uh, whatchamacallit. Uh, Let me go ahead and continue on the next part. Uh, but just uh, just to know the expenses of rising gas prices and blah 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 blah. Let me get to that. Okay, hold on.